Hi everyone and welcome to Take 10 for Torah number 745. I hope you all are well. Any questions, comments, suggestions, recommendations, or sponsorships, please email me at rabbiyismach at take10fortorah.org. Today is Yom HaZikaron Observed, the day on which we remember our fallen soldiers and victims of terror who died on behalf or in the settlement of the state of Israel. And so with that in mind, I earthed up an old ten that uh, we discussed many years ago, and I wanted to share. Have a wonderful and meaningful day. Today, I wanted to do something which relates to Yom HaZikaron. Of course, Yom HaZikaron relates to the over 20,000 Jewish soldiers that have been killed throughout wars, specifically in the history of the State of Israel. Uh, one of the, I think, most powerful experiences I've had as an adult is uh, a couple years ago I was on a trip to Israel to visit our students, kids in the shul, and I found myself, my last afternoon I was available, and uh, some appointment that I had was canceled or a meeting, and all I really had left to do was go to the airport. So what I did was, I had a couple hours to spare, I went to Bayit Vagan, and I went to Yad Vashem, but before I did that, I went to Har Herzl. I never really spent a lot of time on my own just walking around Har Herzl, and it was an incredible experience uh, to read the stories to see the names, uh, to see how Jews bury in the stories we tell of heroism. It's, it's, a, it's a really powerful experience. You know, if you're ever in Israel, you have a couple of hours, and you know, you're an adult and you can handle these things, and just walking around and staring and reading. It's, it's an incredible museum, an incredible tribute to sacrifice for the state of Israel. I recommend it really, really highly. Uh, and it's also, of course, always better to go there when there isn't a funeral. Hopefully we should not have to go there for uh, too many funerals ever again. So I wanted to discuss the um, notion of Yizkarem, you know, the idea of Zikaron. And this comes up in a, in a prayer that we add between Shachris and Kriyasatora and Musaf. So we know on Shabbos there's Shachris, we know then there's Kriyasatora, and then there's Musaf. Before we put the Torah away, we add a few random tefillot, random things that relate to uh, praying on behalf of the community or those who work on behalf of the community. Uh, and we know that as Yukon Porkon and, and that section over there. And then there's this tefillah of, of Harachamim. Now, of Harachamim is a very powerful tefillah, and I wanted to talk about that in the seven and a half minutes that we have left. The tefillah goes as follows. Father of mercy who dwells on high. In his great mercy, should remember with compassion the pious, upright, and blameless. So, uh, uh, you know, usually we're talking about individuals, and it's fascinating that here it refers to communities. There have been communities throughout history that have given up their lives for the sanctification of God's name. They were loved and pleasant in their lives, and in death they were not parted. This is actually a Pasuk referring to David's dirge relating to the death of Shaul and Yonasan. They're referring to uh, these words, we're referring to them first. They were swifter than eagles and stronger than lions. To carry out the will of their Maker and the desire of their steadfast God. And so, it's who Yifkod Barachamim. God should remember these straight and upright and blameless people. 
those who were loved and pleasant in their lives, in their death, they were not parted, specifically these kehilos, these, these communities, and we're going to discuss who they were in a second, but that's not the point of this tefillah. And so the point of the tefillah really comes in the second half, and it's very obvious why that's not the point, and the point is as follows. God should remember them for good, um, with the other righteous of the world. And again, these people were just people. They were butchers and bakers and, and, and whatever professions they had. They were people and members of holy communities that gave up their lives or were sacrificed simply because they were Jewish. And the next passage is really where everything flips. And God, uh, may he redress, may he seek vengeance in front of our eyes. May we see it. May we see this vengeance, not like some otherworldly vengeance, but this worldly vengeance. In other versions, versions I have from the uh, from 1744, Machzor from Altuna, it says, In our days, in front of our eyes, a focus and emphasis on the fact that we want to see this vengeance. The vengeance of the spilled blood of these holy communities, people who were killed for doing nothing other than just being Jewish. And then the paragraph, the second entire half of the paragraph, just focuses on proof of the notion of vengeance. And so it says, There's a pasuk in the Torah that addresses this, and then there's one based on the uh, prophets that says, again and again, and also in Ksuvim, and this is a notion that we see uh, again in, uh, in, in the Rosh Hashanah when we talk about the ten psukim, uh, addressing all the different themes, we try to bring a, a theme from uh, Torah and Avim and Ksuvim, a few psukim from each, and and then, after we're done with Torah, Nevi'im, and Ksivim, we have two more Pesukim. Again, dealing with Doresh, Damim, exacting retribution. And then, Yadin Bagayim, Malik Vios, he will execute judgment on the nations of the world, those who persecuted the Jewish people. And so, if there's any obvious theme of this paragraph, the obvious theme is the theme of, and it's not a comfortable thing to say, but it's the theme of vengeance. And the proof that there are five different psukim that reinforce the idea that there will be vengeance, there will be vengeance, and there is a reassurance. That's really what this paragraph is. Father, merciful Father, the one who understands and remembers these people who are taken from us, there should be vengeance against those who did it. Now, when was this tefillah composed? What is it in response to? So it's in response to the first crusade in 1096. Refer to uh, the crusade of Tatenu, the Tuf Tuf Nun Vav, which was the year of 1096. It was the first crusade when the Christians rose to try to retake um, the uh, city of Jerusalem, as you could Google or Wikipedia the story. But on their way, there was a lot of anti-Jewish incitement. And what happened was uh, many Jews were killed or beaten or tortured, raped. Uh, the villages were pillaged. Things of, of a terrible nature occurred. And there really was not as bad an episode in Jewish history until 1648-1649, the Chalmanitsky massacres, otherwise known as Tach Vitat. Uh, there was not really... Any other, there were, there were other episodes, many other episodes. There were expulsions, there were terrible things that happened to the Jews in a lot of different places, and a lot of different times there was the Inquisition, but it doesn't seem that there was any brutality such as this until Chalmanitsky. And the reason I say that is because I have in, in my possession a machzor, or at least a copy from a machzor of 1744 that I referred to before. There has a Kelmali written specifically for those who were lost, people who had lost their lives. And it refers to people who died al-Kadusha Sashem, particularly in 
Tatnu, that 1096 uh, First Crusade, Vishnas Taz Vitach. It's interesting, it has the year one off. Tach Vitaz, which refers to, or Taz Vitach Vitat, which refers to 1649 Chalmanitsky. It seems that in the totem pole of Jewish tragedy, from Churban Bayes Sheni, there was nothing like 1096, and from there, there was nothing like uh, what happened in 1648, 1649, and then from there, there was nothing, of course, like any of these, like the Holocaust uh, that we know in modern times. And so that's the paragraph, and that paragraph actually has a very interesting halachic history as well. Once upon a time, in some communities, it was only said twice a year. It was said the Shabbos before Shavuos, and it was said the Shabbos before Tishabav. Now, the Shabbos before Tishabav, we can understand the Shabbos Chazon. Shabbos Chazon is like, you know, that refers to on Tishabav all of the Jewish tragedy throughout history, but why the Shabbos before Shavuos? So the answer is, as time went on, as time went on, people, uh, I guess, began to experience this in a more immediate type of way. They saw these tragedies occurring, and they were going on, and, and there was the type of thing that people felt that they needed to say even more often. You know, it's it's really a terrible thing that people felt the need to more often speak about vengeance for Jewish deaths or Jewish murders. It, it, it's almost impossible to imagine, but that's the theme. And now, when don't we say it? So nowadays, we say it every week, and that was the minhag that developed, but we don't say it on certain weeks. What weeks don't we say it on? We don't say it on weeks where we're Mavarcham HaChodesh, or if it's Rosh Chodesh, when we're blessing the new moon, the Shabbos before Rosh Chodesh, or if it actually falls on Rosh Chodesh, if there's a chas in there, if there's a bris milah, we don't do it. Interestingly, there is one period of time where we do do it, and that is the period of Sviras HaOmer, the period between Pesach and Shavuos, like last Shabbos, or I should say, uh, not this past Shabbos, but two Shabbosim ago, when we were Mevarchem Chodesh Iyar, we did say this Avarachem, where we usually don't. And the reason is, the same reason that the original Minhag was, to say this before Shavuos. When did the Crusades occur? When did all of this happen? And happen in this period, the period between Pesach and Shavuos. Perhaps the weather was good, perhaps uh, they had just heard the right sermon during Easter, and that propelled them to go and do what they did. But this is the time when we're supposed to remember, so this was not the time to skip this prayer. And some people even think we should do it on the days of Rosh Chodesh, benching Rosh Chodesh, because of the reaction to the Holocaust. But in any event, Yisrael and Lekenu Latova on Yom Hazikaron, and all of their neshamos should have an aliyah. Amen.